coming to you from Washington, D.C. Covering the latest in sports and pop culture, this is the Nick Knack Podcast. Hello and welcome to a very special episode of the Nick Knack Podcast. It is Saturday, March 9th. It is day two of work isolation and your boy is get feeling a little weird about it. But I'm joined by my beautiful co-host, Tiffany Luong. Wow, beautiful. Hi. So kind of you to do you have say. Any, do, you have any, do you have anything you want to announce today? Uh, today, as a extremely social person, an extroverted extrovert, clearly I'm struggling with that. I've inserted myself into your home over the pretense of taking your recording equipment for my own podcast and decided to make you spend time with me. And this has lasted very, very many hours, which <laughs> I do not... I do not regret in any way. No, you're more than welcome to come hang out here anytime you want. Um, anyways, we thought that it would be a good chance for you to get some reps as you were looking to launch a podcast of your own. So kind. And we were having a spirited conversation about the effect of coronavirus on sports and how that might have been the flipping point for us to take this seriously. Rudy! Rudy. Let's start with Rudy, as all these things seem to have done in the last few, hour, few days. Should I be just... Touching the mic like just, crazy, just, just as just inspiration touch, from Rudy. Just rub your hands just, all over I'm it. I'm just and gonna touch every, every service in my apartment. Oh, I'm wait. Let me cough and sneeze into my hands first, yeah. and then just lick the mic. Yes, that's perfect. Just do exactly that. It's and gonna just be get, a beautiful get sound real effect. close. So we we might have foreshadowed this at work a few days ago. Our our lovely coworker Michelle told us that she was freaking out for an entire day because she went to karaoke, and at one point touched the mic with her mouth. As one is wont to do when they're doing karaoke. And I don't think anyone has realized how much they touch their face and touch other services more than they have I this week. I know exactly how much I touch my face. Really? I've always known how much I touch my face. This is why I don't really touch my food. And people genuinely look at me. I've had a moment where someone's watched me eat pizza with a napkin, mm-hmm. and they couldn't stop laughing. But... I'm confident. Like, I understand that realistically, my mitts are dirty. Yeah. I don't want to touch the things I'm consuming with my dirty little hands. I wash my hands. I'm not going to out myself as a person who doesn't do that. Mm -hmm. However, have I recently learned that I haven't been washing my hands for nearly as long as I should have? Yes. Yeah. But so has the entire nation. I'm just one of many. Yeah. Not to be concerned. But... I like to think that my weird attribute of eating pizza with a fork and a knife is actually working out in my favor in this moment. I think I might conversely be on the exact opposite end of that, where I've just accepted the fact that just, there's just germs and crap everywhere. 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 Have you seen children? They're disgusting. They're literally, <laughs> there's a sheen. There's a sheen to their faces yeah. because they can't keep themselves from just dripping yeah. or touching <laughs> things or licking things or coming up to you and deciding that whatever fluid in their body is also going to be on you. Yeah. Which is why they're fighting the coronavirus probably really well. Those kids basically go out there and roll in dirt and they come back and they're like, I'm immune. Yeah. It's fine. <laughs> it's all good. And that's like that's the that's the theory, right? It's like if you don't if you don't if you don't use hand sanitizer too much, you'll build up all the immunity that you need to flow through life, but then what happens when like a coronavirus type of pandemic comes into town and it's like, okay, well, no one's really safe from this. Let's not act like you're you have some sort of immunity because you didn't wash your hands for a few weeks at a time. So for a few weeks at a time. <laughs> okay. Could you imagine no it's like I showered, but my hands right out of the street. Just outside. I didn't touch any of my body wash with my hands. I went straight on the body with yeah. the body wash. 
No hand wash here. It's a it, that is an interesting theory. I don't know how you're how you're scrubbing anything in at that point. We're not using your hands. No, I'm literally just taking my loofah and you know that elastic strip. Yeah. I'm just putting it around my elbow. And just using your elbow. I don't know if you've seen. There's no more handshakes in today's society. There's yeah. no more fist bumps in today's society. Yeah. It's all about the elbow, elbow. bump. Yes. As uh, predicated by a lot of medical professionals these days. This is a, this is a good time for the head nod to come back. Just the. Oh, the bump, the, like, the wink, the wink. However, the underappreciated wink. Yeah. For those that cannot wink, I am sorry in these times that you cannot show acknowledgement to the community <laughs> in the ways that you would like to. I will try to read your blinks yeah. as potential winks, <laughs> but then I feel like there's going to be a bit of miscommunication about like, hey, what's up? Yeah. Blink. Wow. That did <laughs> that was, not that communicate. Really yeah. Yeah. Like, but like, what's up? That right there. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty with, good. Hit him with hit him with the wing. I mean, of course, this is an audio medium, and you won't, you won't see us winking at each other right now. But but you can imagine that the blink was way more awkward <laughs> than the wink. Oh, for sure. Our voices confirm this. So we wanted to talk about the fact that what was the line when the coronavirus went from being something that was off in the distance to completely serious. I think we both agreed that um, Thursday night when the NBA decided that look they're going to shut down for a few months. Or Wednesday a month, night. Wednesday night. When they shut, they're going to shut down for a few months, and we need to start taking this a little bit seriously. I mean, our our esteemed colleague, Andy Rohde, has said that follow the money. Esteemed colleague, our boss. <laughs> our boss. <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to give too much away, but I try not to go too professional on this podcast. No one really knows what I do. And uh, oh, my buddy, my boss, <laughs> my our buddy. esteemed colleague. This guy sits at a desk nearby me. Yeah. <laughs> um, so for a league like the NBA to decide that, hey, we want to play it safe, we'll be out for a month. It's a big deal. And I think that's the point where people start to realize, like, look, we don't need to tip off Zion Williamson versus the Kings at 11 o'clock tonight when we've already announced that we're going to be canceling the next month of the season, perhaps the playoffs, perhaps even further beyond that. We don't know yet. So what was that? Was that switch for you as well? I think the waterfall effect of the NBA and then the question was, who's going to follow suit? It's kind of like... I think earlier when everyone questioned what are the big the big dogs in social media going to do about political advertising and as soon as one person comes in and says we're putting restrictions in this way it's you start to look around it's a competitive nature of how are you reacting are you going to react in the way that feels safe are you going to react in a way that feels as though you're trying to like keep the money on board um but when a league like the nba heading into a very huge part of their season decides we're really just going to pull back and we're really going to prioritize the safety of fans, players, and everything else. Watching the NHL and the MLB and the NCAA straight up cancel their biggest money makers, that was a ripple effect Yeah. outside of sports altogether. I mean, if the NCAA is, is giving up money, then you know that you need to be taking this very <laughs> seriously because no one likes making money more than the, the National Collegiate athletic association who loves to farm college children (laughs) and just take their whole representation persona and turn it into a game yeah and then make their own money from it i mean i had i had friends that like were talking about like hey what if they just like tested all the players and then they played in empty arenas and i was like so you're gonna tell me that you want to isolate them for a month from their from their families and anyone that they would normally interact with for the sake of playing a two-hour basketball game every other night so that you have something to watch for the next month. <laughs> but what a thing to watch. What a thing to watch an entire basketball game with just an empty arena of fans. Honestly, the funny thing about Wednesday night is uh, I ended up going to 
cousins. I ended up going to our local bar across the street from our office. Hello. Um, and they were playing the the uh, girls' state championships. Yeah. And there was a pan over the crowd, and they were leaning in on these great high school bands. And I was like, you go you, trombone man. You go you, trumpet sir. And then they started to pan out, and it was literally like, oh, there is no one there, which, you know, as a person who did play basketball in seventh grade, I know the stands for uh, teen girls basketball, normally not that full, but I like to think that this was because of the pandemic, and that's why we didn't have fans there. Yeah, I hope that's, I hope that was it. (laughs) I mean, you have to to stop and think what power the players themselves had in this decision for, for the NBA to suspend games for a month. LeBron James had come out the week before and said that... I will rather not play than play in a stadium that's not filled with fans because that's why this is why I play the game. I mean, I'm sure the, the millions of dollars and the the two mansions that you have in Brentwood, California, have something to do with it. But <laughs> yes, it's uh, yes, LeBron James. Tell me about how you do this for the guy who's sitting in the sitting in the upper deck so that he can pay 150 dollars to come in and watch you from a mile no away. Do do your thing. It's. The kind of influence that these players have is is not a secret in the NBA. They're they're the most powerful athletes in terms of the four major sports we have, partly because of what they do off the court and how vocal they are and how much we're entertained by them. And I think that I was getting to the point last night where I was ready to just fire up the replays of old games on NBA League Pass, which is one of the most pathetic things I've probably ever done in my life. <laughs> I, t- I was like ready to just like I mean, you know I'm just gonna binge watch the Bucks. Binge watch <laughs> the Bucks the entire season. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna watch it because we're if you think people are on edge right now. Wait till we get a week and a half in, and anyone that has a gambling issue, which might be half our office, um, is really like just scanning things. They're like, you know what? I'm just gonna bet on amateur Russian hockey right now. It's just in gonna, case you're wondering, <laughs> you can still bet on esports. Oh, this is true. Yeah, yeah. Because they are, they are, just, they are just moving everything online, as you as you told me earlier. And this is the one time where it's like, how much is that behavior gonna change? When we're just without all this stuff for a week. Well, and the question too that I think everyone's been asking is. Live sports is going on a hiatus. Uh, a very interesting thing that we've seen is there's a lot in entertainment that's going on a hiatus. Those late night shows, those very regular kind of big collective moments, those are also going on hiatus. Like, what are people going to do? Where are they going to go? Yeah. Uh, that is follow the money, but where is the money going? There's a lot of money getting just straight pulled out of the market, but then... Clearly, everyone's bunkered in their homes. They're looking for something to have either a common ground or at least be entertained by something. The question is, what are, like, what is everyone going to watch? Yeah, how do you even do? How do you even do a late night show without people in the audience laughing? I mean, it's. I mean, they're, they're, these guys are all comedians in their own right. They're, they make people laugh, but if there's no one there to react to it. Then what do you? What do you do? And I don't. I don't yeah. blame them at all for deciding not to shoot anything. Yeah. Or next month, like. It will be very interesting to see what the entire society decides to uh, lend their eyes and ears to. I mean, for the most part, for me, I recently saw that The Circle, great show, which I think is very representative of how we're all acting in the society, just bunkering down in our own apartments and not seeing anyone close to us. I don't know if you ever watched The Circle. I have not, no, but I've heard, uh, I've heard about it you know, before. Brief synopsis, it's essentially a closed social network where they take people and they put them in individual apartments great little apartments they look much like your own um and it's cameras everywhere closed social network where all you do is interact with people through a digital age and you have every opportunity to either be you or catfish and let me tell you how great the catfishing is when a catfish talks to another catfish and you get to watch 
what they look like. Yeah. And they both think they're doing a fabulous job at it. But that's literally our lives now. The circle yeah. is literally how we're living our lives. And there is a new Brazil edition of it. And I'm about to get real good at reading really fast because I don't understand Portuguese. But I think there's some reality television that's going to get real good between the circle that's coming up and the question is, you know, what are other live moments? The only other really great live watching opportunity outside of live sports has been really big reality TV shows. Some of them are done, but I do wonder what networks are going to do to fill some of those slots. If there ever was a time to have a Netflix subscription, it's now. Do you not have a Netflix subscription? Oh, of course I do. I mean, oh. I have a subscription oh. everything. I, mean, I got a little worried for do, yourself. Do you not know who you're talking to? <laughs> I don't have HBO, and I feel like that is what I'm missing out on. Oh, uh, if you want any movie between now and the next week and a half, yeah, HBO would be a public place to go for it. And it's, oh. uh, but no, you're, this, this apartment is very well prepared, entertainment-wise, for what might come in the next few weeks. I might not have food. I might run out of toilet paper very soon, but uh, the movies will, be, movies will be flowing. Which, a conversation to be had. Yeah. Man, the toilet paper. That went so fast. I feel personally <laughs> prepared, but I feel like I missed the memo on how quickly I should have reacted to buying paper products. I actually made a joke to someone about like, oh yeah, like someone asked me as an opener, uh, you know, like, oh, what are you doing preparing for, you know, this eventual coronavirus situation? And I was like, well, you know, I'm just out here trying to stock up on over-the-counter anti-inflammatory medication and paper products. And they're like, paper products? Like, like, oh, oh, toilet paper. Yeah. I thought you meant like paper paper. I'm like, we're gonna glide past the fact that you might be stupid and I'm gonna <laughs> continue talking to you. And then I was like, you know, I did kind of miss that memo. I'm glad I have it, but it went fast. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what I don't know what people are doing. A lot of people, I'm sure, are just grabbing up whatever they can, which is, of course, gonna have that ripple effect of like, all right, well, the rest of your neighborhood's screwed. Oh my god, you'll have enough paper, like paper, toilet paper for the next year and a half. But sure, tip down the street is like, oh fuck, I don't know where to go. Like, I've gone to four I different stores. I don't have a just... Costco membership, and <laughs> yeah. I feel like I should have. I mean, there's like there's like videos like people like lined up a mile and a half down the street out of Costco and I'm like okay look I, I get it you want to be prepared but there are other people to consider here maybe like don't try to take everything that and you it can is also the interesting social experiment of like how do you react in a situation like this what is that survivalist instinct that makes you feel like you need to bunker down and I will say I come from a family that had like a basement pantry that is stocked for the apocalypse I genuinely think that my stepdad is like so happy this is happening right now. He was like, told y'all, told y'all this was going to come. And you know, that soda I saved from 20 years ago, I'm going to drink it. And that canned tuna that is definitely a little bit expired, it might not make me sick. It's just not going to taste good. Thank God yeah. I have that. This is this is what people have been preparing for. I, I, I definitely have not been in that mode. I'm like, all right, I got bread. And we live in urban of... apartments that <laughs> yeah. don't have the square footage to help us in this way. Shout, shout out to the wedge. They're, they're always there always there when I need them. Their prices are just too high for people. Even, even the hoarders aren't going in there yet. So at least for a little while, I think I should be okay. And we'll, we'll figure out what happens there. What do you think the next month looks like in terms of entertainment? Well... That is the question of what are we going to watch? I also do wonder if there's going to be a slide up. I mean, clearly the both of us work in a bit of an entertainment industry. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, with everything that's going down the line of these live shows and things like the talk shows and all that stuff getting delayed, I just saw um, an article that the next season of Bachelorette 
might likely get delayed because of all the, I mean, do you really want to live in a giant mansion uh, that close to a bunch of other dudes potentially contracting a... Plot know, twist. One of the dudes has corona. One of the dudes she has corona. Out, she gets to find out which one it She's is. She's going to mack on every single one of them <laughs> yeah. and be like, well, going to spread it all to you. It's just a massive social experiment really hope on The Bachelorette. We, yeah, hope we didn't cast anyone with like immunosuppressed just <laughs> livelihood. Um, but stuff like that, I think maybe it's a time for a lot of scripted things to come back. I don't know if anyone's going to move that stuff up. I don't work on a programming standpoint. But there might be a lot more like scripted stuff that this world kind of needs. We live in an area of entertainment that has constantly been pumping out reality television and pumping out unscripted content. Okay, let's be honest. Reality, reality is a little bit scripted. Um, but it might create a really interesting influx of the kinds of media and content that we've been kind of craving for a while. Yeah. I mean, the, the one thing that I thought about a lot this week was a few years ago when uh, James Franco and Seth Rogen were ready to release the interview. Oh, man. Yeah. And Kim Jong-un was ready to launch a nuke at the U.S. if that movie hit theaters. And they were like, you know, let's release it straight to straight on demand. And in the last week, we've already seen Quiet Place 2, Mulan, 007 all get delayed because of the threat of coronavirus. And I started to think that, like, look, I mean, those are three big, pretty big movies, and I understand why, to them, any slip in a few million between theaters might be a huge hit. But what about, like, the smaller movies? What if they're just like, you know what, screw it, we'll just release stuff on demand. Yeah. We, we've already proven that we can do it. And if this might legitimately, if this goes on for a long time, be the death blow to movie theaters, I'm curious to see if that's the kind of thing that might shift that behavior with how people watch movies. I do think it's interesting, too, is, like, the death blow like what what has been the death blow to all these industries i clearly travel as an industry has been heavily impacted but it's that again that waterfall effect to see what's been going on like movie theaters like anywhere that's a community-based activity and i think we live in this world where we think that that hasn't been as common anymore we think that there were these people who don't socialize in the way that we used to socialize we very much do and i think it's been very telling in um, an age that we're constantly told was like, oh, no one knows how to meet anyone anymore. No one knows how to have those in-person social interactions. It's like, no, like we're actually really struggling with that. Like we're craving it in ways that I think is becoming so much more readily apparent in in time of uncertainty and a time of like needing to feel that bond with people in person. It's just like, yeah, we might live in a digital age that helps us through a time like that, but I think it just goes to show how much that still is a part of our society that people like to think it isn't. Yeah, I mean, you truly, you truly never know what you have until it's gone. And then yeah. now it might legitimately be gone for a little while and we're, we're going to feel it. What is wild, though, is I think we're, we live in an area that, thank God, middle America, for the most part, there's that feeling, there's that vibe, there's that I don't know what's happening, there's that anxiety, and we're being, you know, we're working with a better safe than sorry, but like generally imagine what it would be like to have been in Wuhan, and it's just, you're shutting down. I don't know if you've seen some of the videos coming out of Italy, um, where... No, I actually haven't. Uh, they are, they're heart, really very heartwarming videos of people who are basically quarantined in their apartments that are just singing out of the windows to each other to build like this really beautiful beautiful. sense of community (laughs) like these really traditional songs and these songs that everyone knows like folk songs where someone will just start off out of a window it's 
wildly romantic, if anything, but truly something to be said for what social connection does to feed people and how important it is at a time like this to really care about your mental health. Like, I don't think people were prepared for it. I was listening to all these podcasts about how to be prepared for the situation of like, I think everyone knows that coronavirus, like the, the symptoms of it are going to feel like a flu or a cold and for People like us, who are fairly young, yeah. um, our biggest concern is that we might accidentally kill an elderly person without meaning to. That's honestly my anxiety. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there is that piece that I, I think a lot of people brought up when they're like, it's one thing to be prepared like physically. You know, we're sitting here about like, oh, the toilet paper and the food and all that stuff. But it's something to be prepared for mentally. And I don't think people took that very seriously. You know, there's the mental aspect of like, at the rate that it's spreading, you're you're gonna know someone who gets affected. Like that's just how that happens. But that factor of like, really, like what does it mean to feel like a sense of isolation, and how do you work through that, and how do you find healthy ways to cope while still trying to um, be a good member of society and practicing that social distancing, but be good to yourself and and know what it feels like to be like, I feel this anxiety, I feel alone. It actually takes a toll on you in ways that people didn't realize. Very well said. Um, I don't think I can really talk, add anything to that. that was, <laughs> I, think that's, I think that's a good way for us to wrap it up. Tiffany, thank you for joining me on this episode of Knickknack Podcast on a Saturday where we're both just completely isolated <laughs> in Minneapolis. What a great time to make a little debut. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Knickknack Podcast. Subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, or Google Play Music.